This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Swing high from the ball! to right center! And the Braves have won it! There's a new home run champion of all time, and it's Henry Aaron. A walk-off homer from Freeman, and the Braves win it! He is! Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast, Braves Digital Media Content Manager, alongside uh, Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael. We're coming to you live in person. I was, you know, on the beach drinking polar bears last week, so we had to do it over Zoom. Uh, but we're back home here at, at Truist Park. We're in our, I guess, our current home. We're going to just go and call it our current home of the 1957 conference room here at Truist Park. Uh, it's a solid little room we got here. Of course, it's it just a, I don't know if we've talked about this before or not, but just to take you a little bit inside the offices here of Truist Park. So on our level here, where uh, all, which you and I are both part of the marketing department, there are other departments here as well. But on our floor here in the offices, there are multiple conference rooms, but there are three that are named after the uh, the years of the Braves World Series titles: the 1914 conference room, the 1957 room that we're in, the 1995 room. And I love uh, each one of these rooms has the, that theme to it. So we're we're in this room. There's a, a replica 1957 Milwaukee Braves jersey behind you, Greg. There's a picture of the team celebrating after they uh, mm-hmm. they won the World Series. And uh, and hey, we've got a monitor. We've got a nice big TV in here. We've got the the Braves game on. They're play, actually playing right now as we're recording. So this is if this is our new home, uh, I'm 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 good with it. I like it. This is actually set up like a little radio studio, and uh, we got everything we need in here. Surrounded by baseball stuff, so <laughs> it's a good spot. Yeah, it's cozy. Yeah, enjoyed it. I like it. Well, our, our guest today is somebody we've had on before. I've talked about him many times. He is, in addition to uh, our professional relationship, he's become one of my closest friends over the last few years. He and I sit next to each other pretty much every day at Truist Park in the uh, in Braves home game, Braves home games. Uh, Kevin McAlpin from Braves Radio Network and 680 The Fan. Uh, I'm sure you've heard him over the years, uh, the last decade of being the the clubhouse reporter and then of course last year and this year he's now the pregame and postgame host uh, does a great job he and Domino do a really they really do an entertaining job with the, mm. the pregame show and Kevin on the postgame and wrap-up show taking uh, a lot of calls from uh, Braves fans uh, some or some of whom are quite entertaining to, <laughs> with their questions and thoughts uh, but Kevin does a great job with all that and he's great on social media as well so uh, thought we just thought we felt like with the the middle of the season coming up the all 
All-Star break is next week. Felt like a good time to just check in with him. And really, we ended up, we didn't have a, a big agenda. We just kind of thought, well, let's just turn on the mics and talk Braves baseball and see what happens. And really, uh, we talked a lot about trade deadline, uh, which I think is, I think you're all going to enjoy the discussion. I mean, we're, look, all three of us are Braves people. We want the Braves to do well. And we're all, as we're sitting here talking about, we want the Braves to be buyers. And that's not up to us. And honestly, it's up to the, the team on the field and how they play over the next couple weeks. Um, but I think we had a good discussion with Kevin today, didn't we? Yeah, Kevin, obviously, he's very knowledgeable about the team. He's been following this team like we have. He understands kind of how Alex works and uh, what the Braves organization be looking to do. And uh, so, yeah, he's he's very, very good. I do miss the uh, clubhouse reports where he's actually in the clubhouse yep. <laughs> talking to guys. And hopefully we can get back to that next year. But, um, yeah, I think everybody who's associated with this organization wants to see, see this team do well. And we all, if we see it, do we know the organization sees it? We know Alex and his team are working tirelessly to try to figure out what's the best move for our team, because we we see it. I mean, we're I'm sure the fans. I know the fans see it. Sometimes there's limits to what you can do, but uh, I think there's a lot of flexibility with what they've built to this point with um, between prospects and and opportunities like you brought up about uh, where we are from a payroll standpoint. And I think there's some general philosophies that we have that may not always be congruent with how people feel and what they think we can do. But there are you have to have a philosophy on how you're going to build a team. And you can't deny what Alex has done over the last you know three or four years of putting this team in a position to win and go to the World Series. And um, so I don't I don't anticipate that changing. We're just in a little bit of a predicament because we've had some injuries and some other off field incidents that that have put us in a position uh, to where we are right now. So we got to help these guys out. They got to get some get some pieces back, uh, whether it's through trade or, or you know free agency. But then we know that we have some pieces coming back, like Anoa and and um, Darno. Yeah, absolutely. So it's 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 going to be a really fascinating uh, next couple of weeks. Hopefully, as we're sitting here recording this, uh, we're we're in the, the third game of this this uh, road trip up in Pittsburgh, and then of course the Braves will have a mm. off day tomorrow, followed by a series in Miami this weekend. So, regardless of how this game turns out today with Pittsburgh, hopefully you get a you get a day off, day of rest in Miami tomorrow, mm-hmm. and hopefully you you finish strong with a, a strong series in Miami, so you can go into the break feeling good about. About things and then set yourself up for a great second half so uh well without further ado let's go ahead and get to him great discussion with kevin McAlpin, and uh here he is He's been on the show with us before, but I but I have to give him a proper, a, a different kind of introduction this time, Greg. Uh, joining us here today in the 1957 conference room uh, in the offices of Truist Park, the Reverend Kevin McAlpin. Wow. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little story real quick, okay. uh, and then I'll, I'll get Kevin's side So, did he get ordained since we saw him? <laughs> Funny you should bring that up. Um, <laughs> so, uh, as as the faithful behind the Braves listeners know, I got engaged here recently. By 
the way, one of the guys giving a, a ballpark tour is here. I think his name was Russ. Forgive me if I got that wrong. He stopped me on the way into the ballpark one day. He listens to our show, and he congratulated me on getting engaged. So thank you, Russ. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but so anyways, before I actually asked uh, Laura, uh, my fiance, to, to marry me, I was telling Kevin one night in the press box here at Truist Park that I just bought – I think I just bought the ring, mm-hmm. I believe, right? Yeah, so it was really happening. You were that. you were pot committed. Yeah, you were in. Yeah, yeah, yeah way in. Yeah, <laughs> and I think the 30-day return is up to now, too. So I'm, I, there's no turning back at this point. Um, uh, but I, so I was showing Ke- uh, Kevin pictures of the ring, and it's like, all right, it's, this is happening now. So one thing leads to another, and... I don't know, five, ten minutes later, Kevin has gone online, paid a small fee, and he is now an ordained minister. And the plan nice. is that Reverend Kevin McAlpin will be uh, the, the the officiant of wow. my wedding. Yeah, I paid, the, I paid the $19.99 and filled out my information. <laughs> now, see, what we need to do here, we need to get the clergy parking spots. That's the reason, real reason yes. I signed up for this, yes. so I could park in the clergy spots. So I appreciate the, uh, the, the formal welcome here. And this yeah. is, uh, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have a lot of fun. I'm sure I'm going to get get lots of folks on Twitter now that are going to want me to preside over their weddings as well. So. What if this did indeed kick off like a lucrative side gig, a side business for you as a how would you put, as a man of the cloth? I'm a man of the cloth. <laughs> hey, look, I've got four and a half months a year in the off season. I'm, I'm here. Right. I'm around. I'm available. Well, you, Let's do it. You could be his agent. You could yeah. do some marketing for him. Oh, oh. Did, did he... Did he did you know that he was getting that done, or did he get it done and then say, by the way, you know I can marry you if you want me to? Well, you, let's hear your side. Well, I'm, I'm, I can't remember exactly. So, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 years ago, just for fun, as a joke one night at the bar with my buddies, we all signed up. We got, or You could literally search the website and find mm. Pennsylvania. Here was the folks in the Philadelphia area that did it. And it's actually free, but to get the paperwork to, to, to preside over weddings, I want to say it's like $29 or mm. something. So, I'm going to take that. I'm going to send Ricky the bill for that one. But I'm going to get the, the outfit and everything. We're going to do it. And I think it's the Universal Life Church, if I'm not mistaken. Mistaken? <laughs> Is it like the Moonies? Sound, sounds good to me. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but yeah, no, we it was we decided we would re up it because I think I, I couldn't find it and mm. maybe that website's no longer um, uh, certified anymore. Mm. But we we did find a new one and we're good to go. So anybody out there getting married, I'm I'm happy to help preside. I'd be more so, than more so than the welcome. The question is, um, does it come with? Um Counseling, premarital counseling. Sure. Well, hey, does that mean does that mean me and Ricky can go to the bar and have a few beers and talk about this? So, true story. There has been a couple of times now since all this went down, where uh, Kevin has said to me in text on person. Ricky, as your pastor, I have to tell you, (laughs) he has preceded numerous bits of advice and conversations with, well, as your pastor, I have to tell you, this is how... As your spiritual advisor, this is what... And by the way, can I just say this for all the folks, kudos to Ricky. He done good. He done good mm-hmm. with that ring. I was counseling him on the the four C's, uh, cut clarity, carrot, and whatever the four color, mm-hmm. whatever the four yeah. C's are. So I helped educate him. I said, look, just because you get a big ring doesn't mean it's a good ring. Mm-hmm. So I kind of helped to guide no him along the way as well. Again, with his uh, with his spiritual guidance. The guy uh, at the store told me it's the best cubic zirconium fifty do- <laughs> fifty bucks combined. So so we're good. And she hasn't she hasn't faded out yet. So there no. you go. No, no, I, 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 I she was happy. I was happy. So and now you get to be part of the day so looking forward to I it. can't wait yeah well uh, I guess I should we just spent five minutes talking about it but if somebody <laughs> that was pretty interesting I can't though. imagine if somebody like is tuning into this and doesn't know Kevin as uh, the pregame postgame host longtime uh, network reporter for Braves Radio Network but in case they don't uh, when he's not busy performing weddings he <laughs> is uh, 
is indeed. One of your colleagues, John Moses, is getting ready to do a wedding. Did is you he? know that? His sisters. Oh, well, see. So, Kevin, literally, in this conference room, the closest desk to us in this conference room is John Moses, who works in, mo- in, in marketing here. So, you see, could have if you, you could only have had that name. Yeah. If you only had that Moses. name. Moses. That's perfect. <laughs> it's per- maybe maybe I need, a, like, a stage name, right? Maybe I need a I like pseudo it. name. So, maybe people wouldn't realize it was me at first. And then I show up, like, who are you? Yeah, how okay. about that? I like it. Yeah. Well, as your agent, I think that's a great direction to take your career uh, as a man of the cloth. So right. I'm all in. All right. It's just, we, I think we've really, we've, we may have tapped into some really uncharted mm. waters. We may have found a, a new side gig for me. Now, if I can get my wife to buy into it, that's a whole other story. Well, we're going to, well, you're going to get to use me as your, as, as, as a trial run. <laughs> yeah, as your guinea pig, you get to run. We'll see how long his marriage lasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, it's not my fault, okay? Anybody who knows Ricky, let's be honest. This wouldn't be on me. This would be on that guy. You got us married, and then that. You may need that. a backup just so that so that nothing happens. I think a number of folks have told my bride to be the exact same thing about me. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! On that note, um, well, Kev, uh, I guess we should talk some baseball sure. here. This is behind the Braves, after all. Uh, actually, as we're recording this, this is we're charting new territory here. We're actually recording this during. Uh, a game of a look. There's no other way to put it. This is game three of what's been a very disappointing series so far in Pittsburgh. Uh, coming off the heels of that homestand, uh, what four and two homestand, mm-hmm. and the big capping it with the big comeback win against the Marlins, we're feeling pretty good about ourselves. And then these first two games in Pittsburgh have just not, uh, not, not been good. Where, like, I'm trying to think of like what. What does this team? I mean, what, what, where do we go from here? I mean, it seems like we're getting close to the trade deadline, and if this team is still hovering around 500, like if you're Alex, and I don't want you to speak for him, I'm just saying if you're the GM of this team and you're still right around 500, because that's the chart for this team all year has been just get close to 500, mm-hmm. then go through a four under. If we're still there in two or three weeks, and you're roughly the same game amount of games back in in the in the division. What do you do? Well, I think you're buyers because I, th- I think and I truly believe, guys, the window of opportunity is only open for so long. I mean, you've got Freddie Freeman at the end of his contract. We don't know what's going to happen with Freddie beyond 2021. You have the core locked up in Acuna and Albies to very team-friendly deals. I think if you're right there in the mix, and let's be honest, guys, if you are, that says things have gone really well for you post-All-Star break because think mm-hmm. about the, the, the schedule they have coming out. You have three with Tampa here at home. You have the Padres coming in. Then you have to go to Philly for four games. Then you have five games in four days against the Mets at City Field, and that basically takes you right up to the trade deadline. You're mm-hmm. two or three days away. So if this team's hovering around 500, I'll say that that's, that's a pretty good place to be if you can navigate your way through that schedule and be in that position. So look, I do think you owe it to your fans. I think you owe it to the players. You owe it to the coaching staff to be buyers. And they're, I don't I don't think they're that far off. I think if you add one more, you know, bat that potentially is an outfielder that can give you some pop. I, look, it's nothing against the guys you've had in there. Heredia, Almonte, now Arcia. They've come up with some big hits for you. 
but are any of them long-term solutions? It doesn't feel like it. So uh, I think a corner outfielder that can give you some pop in the middle of your lineup would be huge. Um, I also think another arm in your bullpen, because let's be honest, this team entering play in this finale in Pittsburgh, they've lost 44 games this season. The bullpen has 20 losses. 20 mm. of your 44 losses have been saddled to your bullpen. So I think if you're in a spot where you're right there in the mix, you owe it to everybody to go get to go do what you have to do to try to put a, you know, a solid second half together. And we know that this group can do it. They've done it in years past. We haven't seen it this year, but you're hoping to get Darno back at some point in August. You get Enoa back in there. Um, those are two big lifts you're going to get for your second half of the season. So uh, again, long-winded answer for you, Ricky. I apologize, but I do think that if you're in a spot where you can go for it, I think you go for it. What and, and forgive me, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but are there any? Have you kept up with much of the rumors about who might be sellers and what could be some potential pieces that are out there? I know I, the one name I've seen a lot. I've seen Marte out mm-hmm. with Arizona, um, with the Cubs doing what they've doing re, have been doing recently, uh, which is losing a lot. A lot. They have some. If they keep losing that way, they might have some interesting pieces if they decide to go that way. I know mm-hmm. Craig Kimbrell has pitched like the Craig Kimbrell of old. Yep. Yeah, he's he going to be. He might be the most. I mean, everybody's always looking for bullpen arms at the at the at the deadline. He might be the most sought after guy mm-hmm. out there when it's all said and done. But are there any particular guys that you've looked at that you think would be good additions that might be available? Well, I've always liked David Peralta with the Diamondbacks. He's been a guy I've yeah. really appreciated from afar. He's having a bit of a down year, but he's under control for next season. I think that's the big thing, guys. I would not want to part with prospects in 2021 for a rental. I don't want to do that for a guy I'm going to have for two months. If I'm going to trade prospects, I want somebody I have at least control of through next season. Peralta would certainly fit that bill. So you look at teams like the Diamondbacks, the Cubs, Here's a a number that's just mind-boggling for the Cubs. In the last two weeks, Eric Sogard has made more – and Eric Sogard's an infielder. (laughs) He's made three appearances as a pitcher. Craig Kimbrell's made one. So that goes to tell you how things are going or maybe not going if you're a fan out there of the Northsiders. Um, Cubs are certainly going to be sellers, I think. They've got Bryant and Rizzo and Kimbrell and some other pieces. Um, This is the end of that run. And I think, you know, they wanted to keep that group together, give it a shot, and it just hasn't worked out. Uh, You've got the the Orioles and the Tigers and the Pirates. Those are the sort of the teams that you, again, look at. Um, I don't know if Pittsburgh's willing to listen on some of their young players, but they certainly have some some good pieces that can help a contender. So, Mm -hmm. Um, look, again, I think if you're going to move, because let's be honest, two, three, four years ago, this farm system was in a position where you were ranked second, third, year in and year out. MLB Pipeline had the Braves about 15, so right in the middle of the pack coming into this year. So again, you don't have the depth in the system that you did have in years past. So if I'm going to make a move, I want somebody I can have at least one more year. Did you guys see the fansided.com rumor that went around? I don't know if you guys have seen this. I'm putting you right on the spot. They said this ridiculous trade could send Aaron Judge to the Atlanta Braves because the Yankees, let's be honest, I think they can look mm-hmm. at what the Red Sox did a year ago. They parted with Betts and Price, and now here all of a sudden they're, they're a really good team. Yankees are terrible, and the New York Papers are quick to tell them that they're terrible this year. So I think that that could be a spot where maybe they blow things up in the Bronx as well and start over. Uh, again, Aaron Judge, a guy that has control for one more year. Mm-hmm. You'd have to part with some guys that maybe you don't want to, but man, Aaron Judge playing in this ballpark, 81 games a year. I could get used to seeing that. Yeah. Me and well, you both. He's um, <clears throat> he's he's definitely in that position to where I think you hit it on the head that Alex is not looking for rentals. That's not his MO. He's looking for somebody under control and for some period of time and that's 
I can see why that works. Whether we go on to win the division this year or not, I think we all know the wild cards pretty much uh, is, is, is a no-go, but your only chance is to win the division. Have we done it before? We've come back 10 games. We've come back seven games. We've come back eight games. But um, it, it, it's, it gets increasingly more difficult. <clears throat> so, But if we can get to August you know, at 500, we know that we're going to be in this division. Yeah. I, don't, nobody, I don't see anybody running away with it. Everybody's kind of in the same boat. So that that bodes well for us getting some pieces that make sense for the next couple of years. Uh, but I, it's just it's a struggle to watch this lineup and to watch this staff just not put consistent games together. We can't get all the pieces gelled and not sure why that is. We know that um, to be a, on a good team that – there's stretches where you just play well Mm -hmm. together and we've yet to see that happen and I don't think anybody has the answer for that we're not in the clubhouse we don't really know Uh, nobody's speaking about it other than it's just there are inconsistencies at all three places Mm -hmm. now there's not inconsistencies in the defense so out of the four there's but three of them there are you know the bullpen the starting staff and the lineup and the glaring is the lineup and glaring is is the bullpen from the sixth on to the ninth inning or to the eighth inning and so uh, it just makes it difficult for to have those many pieces that have to have to be congruent to, for it to work night in and night out. But uh, so, can one piece change that? Probably not. Maybe two can. Right. If you add a piece, the right piece in the bullpen, and the right piece that that can bat fourth or fifth. Right now, yeah, I could possibly, you know, some other guys. You never know. And I've always talked, Ricky, and I've talked about this in the bullpen. You never know what piece, when you slide it into the right slot, mm-hmm. how the other people around them can then get to their more natural spots. Right. I'm not sure if Will Smith is the uh, the closer that we need to be, even though he's, what, 17 out of 18? Yep. So he's done a perfectly good job. But there's been other times where we've come in needed a guy that's it's been, it's been a tie ball game, and it's not worked out for us. But uh, sometimes there's so much work to get from the sixth inning to the ninth inning that uh, it's not always the best scenario going in the ninth inning. So, But if you were able to, let's just say you brought in Craig Kimbrell and he – and you moved everybody down a spot, yep. you never know what that's going to do. Mm-hmm. Or you bring a guy in to pitch that eighth inning and what that's going to do, and you keep Will in the ninth inning. It is just an interesting dynamic in the bullpen, and you just don't know what's going to turn that around. You don't know what's going to turn around the lineup. If you put a guy that, you know, Dansby's been hitting fifth, you know what? He's not a fifth five-hole hitter. But if you put him back down to seventh and you have a guy that fits in that fifth spot, or maybe a fourth spot and you move Austin back to fifth spot, you just never know what that's going to do to the lineup. So I agree. There could be something. If you get close in that these next few weeks and you're still in it after playing some really tough, tough games and you add those two pieces – you just don't know what's going to happen, and that could be a good sign for us. Well, and to your point, Greg, I think you take the number three and four hitter out of any lineup in baseball. Your team's going to struggle, and you're going to have guys in positions where they never expected. I'll be honest with you guys. There are probably – there's a couple guys in that Braves clubhouse right now in Guillermo Heredia and Abraham Almonte that probably in their wildest dreams never would have envisioned they would have been hitting Almonte cleanup for you for a sustained, for a sustained stretch this season. And again, a tip of the cap to those guys. They're in positions where they probably – 
never expected to be, and they have done an admirable job at mm-hmm. times. But again, is it a long-term solution? Probably not. Uh, so again, I think that you have to look around and figure out how you can get deeper because, I mean, you guys know it. If you If you have a lineup where you have five guys, four or five guys you can rely heavily on, and then that bottom half of the order, you have a lot of question marks around, that's going to hurt any team. So I think that you know the hope is they get Darno back at some point in August. That'll be huge. If C2020, Travis Darno, boy, I sure hope so, because you're adding a Silver yeah. Slugger Award winner right in the middle of your lineup. So um, again, you take the number three and four hitters out of any lineup in baseball, you're mm-hmm. going to struggle. But I do think it's one piece offensively, and it's one piece at least from a pitching side of things. You're not going to have a quick fix by just adding one bat and saying, this is going to put us over the top. Yeah, right. Well, and, and to your point, if if you get a Noah back, there's one piece that could go into the rotation or the bullpen, mm-hmm. and then you get a piece in the lineup that can bat fourth. Then you can go out and add another piece and you make it now you got four pieces or three pieces. Now you're you know, you're cooking. Yeah. And and what's scary to think about, guys, is too, when you look at this division, obviously the Mets have been the front runners for the majority of the year. And we know Steve Cohen has already been pretty well outspoken saying, Hey, money's no issue. Man, we're gonna throw a wallet at somebody. They already did it with Lindor. So what Chris Domino and I have talked a lot about on uh, on the on the pregame show is you know, you know Cohen's gonna throw a wallet or two at somebody or some buddies come the deadline. Phillies have some money to spend as well. So I think being aggressive early, and if you have a guy you're targeting, go out and get him while you can before it starts a bidding war with other teams. That, again, I think Alex has shown throughout the course of his career, when you look at what he did, especially in Toronto, here with the the deadline moves for the bullpen a couple years ago, if there's guys he likes, he's going to go get it, and he's Mm going to try to make his team better. So I think that'll be a similar situation here in 2021 as well. Well, That leads perfectly into what I wanted to ask you. Well, that was what I was hoping for. Well, great. That's why you're my my pastor. Uh, (laughs) We share the same beliefs, so there you go. Um, No, I I was wondering about that because we've talked about the the schedule coming out of the All-Star break for the Braves and how that's pretty much make it or break it. I almost wonder if it's if it's there. And granted, you have to get the per, the the team you're trading with to agree to set trade. But <laughs> I almost wonder if if it's at all possible for Alex to try to make a move like before the All Star break is over or towards the end of it or coming out of it because. If he feels like with Darno coming back, with possibly Noah coming back, if he's going, if he knows we're going to be healthier, say in early August now, and he feels like that's going to be a, a boost as it should be, does he then maybe look at trying to be really aggressive and trying to add? Before, like it's kind of what you were just saying there, like before anybody else can strike, but be the one to strike first, add a couple pieces when you already know you have at least at least Darno is going to be coming back here at some point. So. It seems like to me, if that's if that's where we're all leaning, that it would behoove him to be more aggressive. I keep thinking back to the 2019 trade deadline because I think there was one one obvious need there, mm-hmm. and Alex in the front office completely nailed that particular trade deadline, in my opinion. Got three relievers that essentially became your your back your back three, your seventh, eighth, and ninth inning guys, and two of them were under control for more than one year. Chris Martin being the only odd one out, and they ended up bringing him back. So, if we're looking at a blueprint of something, granted, I think this is a little different because that was so specific of just one area, and there's multiple areas here. But I do wonder if there's a big deal out there. Maybe there's a deal out there you can get get both of the things you need in mm-hmm. one deal. I, you brought up the Cubs. If I'm if I'm going to sit here and just just fantasize about what I would want, like. Some some big trade with the Cubs where you get Kimbrel. I mean, Bryant's a, a free agent at the end of the year, but uh, you know, and that's probably a pipe dream. Both of those probably are. I don't know. Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. not. Um, 
But to me, if you're going to be aggressive or you're thinking like you want to be a buyer, something like that is what I'd be looking yeah. at. Yeah, and like I said, getting it done early before other teams get right. involved. I mean, again, it's you just got to get in, right? We've seen it. And you know, you get into the postseason, anything can happen. So while it's it hasn't looked great this year, I can't believe we're sitting here on uh, you know the second week of July talking about a team that hasn't been above 500 yet. But again, all things considered, if I'm a Met fan, I've got to be looking at this. This is a missed opportunity for the Mets. Really put some separation between you and the rest mm-hmm. of the division. So you, you've let everyone sort of hang around. So again, with everything that's gone wrong, you know, you have an opportunity. You have a chance. And boy, that would be a lot of fun if they did pull off a blockbuster mm-hmm. deal like that. So, uh, Ricky, I'm right there with you. I'd love to see it happen. And again, we'll find out in about three weeks uh, what direction they decide to go in. Well, you know, <clears throat> you brought up earlier uh, about the fact of that we went from one of the top one or two organizations in the minor leagues with prospects to like fit to middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. And part of that issue is that Tukey hasn't panned out. Sean Newcomb hasn't panned out. Pache hasn't, you know, panned out. You still got water sitting out there and then you've got called up Anderson and you called up Muller mm-hmm. and you got these guys. And then <clears throat> the young man that just got hurt. I don't know what happened to him with this forearm stiffness. Did, did we ever determine that it was with, um, with uh, Davidson Davidson. Yeah. Tucker. Mm-mm. So, um, so, I think the struggle is to do a blockbuster trade. You got to give up something, mm-hmm. and right now, because we've held on to these prospects for so long, and we know prospects don't pan out. I mean, it's just the way it is that there's a small percentage that end up becoming superstars. We've been pretty fortunate with Albies and with Acuna, and now Anderson. I mean, there's three prospects that have turned into dynamite players. And, I'd throw Max Fried in there, well, too. Well, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, and, and Max. Max, I, I look back further. Right. But, um, as far as in the last, you know, three or four years, that that doesn't happen a whole lot. You're talking about homegrown type mm-hmm. of players. So now you look at, well, what's left to, to do with Blockbuster? Because these people who are selling at the deadline, they're look they're not looking for our current roster. They're looking for prospects. So, you know, who are, who are we willing to give up? And it's always going to be, okay, I've got to do it to somewhat win now. So I've got to give up something. But let's face it, a lot of our prospects that we were touting back, you know, five years ago have not really panned out. Right. So now we've got to look at, you know, five years down the road and we got to look at who's in double A and who's in single A and, and some of these guys. Because I guarantee you somebody's going to call and they're going to say, well, yeah, we'll take Muller and uh, we'll take Tucker Davidson and we'll take Pache or Waters, you know. And it's always you're in the same boat. Okay, am I willing to look at the short term and sacrifice what could be the long term? But they're going to want that kind of fringe guy, like a guy like Mueller has just come up and, and done well. Right. And that's the hard part for Alex is because he's got to see, well, how close we are versus, you know, how close are we going to be in the window from between this year and five years from now? What I think where it gets complicated as well, and I've said this on the air a lot, is if I'm an opposing GM and I see the Braves calling, well, guess what? I know you're desperate. I know my my guys, I've got, uh, you know, a ton of, uh, you know, I, I've got the ability to at least have more of an asking price because I know you're desperate, because I know you have a, a great core. You're built to win. So you call me and you want one of my guys, well, guess what? It's going to cost you a little bit more than maybe some of the other teams I'm going to take calls from. So that to me, I think, is you're sort of in a tough spot where, again, you have to weigh short-term versus long-term. And again, I think that's hey, that's why they pay those guys the big bucks, because I, I don't know what I would do in those spots. But um, again, if you if you feel like there's a chance that you have a couple of guys can help you now, immediately, 
you have to balance what that means for your future mm-hmm. as well. Another thing I look at too, and I'm not privy to what what the actual payroll is and and all that sort of thing, but I do know that after this year, there's a whole lot of money coming off sure. of the books. Mm-hmm. Now, look, I hope that a big chunk of that money goes to re-signing Freddie Freeman. I don't think I'm uh, talking out of turn, even as an employee here, saying I, I hope Freddie's back. I think we all do. Sure. But he's part of that. There's a whole lot of money, Morton, Smiley, all the Ender, a lot of money coming off the books after this year. So if you do give up some prospects, you're still going to have money to spend to, to fill whatever holes you're creating. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the way I'm looking at it. By the way, as we're sitting here, Ronald Acuna just hit a home run. So now I'm trying to multitask and grab that home run <laughs> highlight. Uh not complaining. There's worse things to be paid to do. <laughs> sure. Than talk baseball with my my friend and my pastor while downloading a hi- home run highlight. Um. <laughs> no, wait, can we just good. can we just talk about how special a player Ronald is for a minute? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a couple of years ago he was the name everybody wanted to trade for, and yeah, maybe you know I know the Marlins and the JT. Can you imagine if if they would have said, you know what, let's move it and go for it now, and you'd have to watch Acuna doing what he's doing mm-hmm. from afar? Oh my goodness. Yeah. It'd be a nightmare. But he, you know, look, I've said this a lot with Freddie Freeman as well over the years. I think Braves fans, you forget how special these guys are because we're so lucky to watch them night in and night out. Mm -hmm. You literally have arguably, if not the most exciting, one of the top three or four most exciting players in all of Major League Baseball, and he's yours for a a real long time in Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah, I mean, and everybody talks about Ronald, but I'm telling you what, hands down, my money, day in and day out, is is Albies. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ozzy, that dude does so many things that gets overlooked. Just just in that first inning where he he uh, legged out that single, turned it into a double. Yep. I mean, little things like that. And he comes to the to the plate every game with intensity. He comes to the field. He's playing defense. <clears throat> I'm telling you what, what a great number two guy. I mean, I think those two together are an unbelievable combination. But um, but man, he's impressed me so much because he didn't come up touted as this huge prospect. We knew he was good, but he didn't do the kind of things he's he did in the minor. You know, he didn't do the kind of things he's doing now in the minor leagues. Right. I remember the first time I met Ozzy was spring training. I want to say 20, 2015, 2016. and I go over to introduce myself and I shake his hand. I had to readjust my grip. <laughs> he is strong. He's, he's a rock. Good night. And I remember talking to Freddie Freeman about it, and he said uh, he's told me a few times. He said pound for pound, mm-hmm. Ozzy's the strongest guy on this team. To that point that remember Lucas Duda was here a couple of years mm-hmm. ago yeah. well Lucas Duda swung probably a tree trunk for a bat mm-hmm. Ozzy Albies swings the same weighted bat as Lucas Duda you could not have guys more polar opposite when you look yeah. at them next to each other which is why I love this game because you know you can get all shapes and sizes and guys can be successful but pound for pound he, he I believe what Freddie told me he is the strongest guy on this team and I was I was almost a little embarrassed I was like oh I gotta re- readjust yeah. here you know meet, <laughs> meet this guy for the first time <laughs> Uh, and that's, again, one of the things I've, I've missed about, you know, not being yeah. in the clubhouse and being around these guys to form those kinds of relationships with. But, man, he uh, he's a special player, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm happy for him getting a chance to go to the All-Star game. I said this on the pregame show a few days ago. Will there be a duo of guys that have more fun for three days at the All-Star game than Ozzy and Ronald will? I don't uh, think so. I can't imagine there will <laughs> yeah, be. That's Those pretty two. good. I loved what Fren- Frenchie said last night on the broadcast. He was talking about the bat size. Yeah. And he said that Chipper swung a 35-33, but Rafael Fercal swung a 36-34. Wow. And he's the same type. I mean, Rafael, you know, he comes to all of our alumni stuff. Mm-hmm. He's out of the same mold as Ozzy. Just 
you know, solid switch hitter, uh, switch hitter, power, strong. You know, um, kind of that same. But I thought that's a big bat. That's yeah. like a Hank Aaron size bat. Yeah, I, I don't know how guys <laughs> back in the day used to do it. We speaking of Pittsburgh, we were in uh, Pittsburgh a few years back, maybe three or four years ago. And they have the Roberto Clemente Museum, mm-hmm. and we went. We had a private little tour, and the, and the curator actually took out one of his bats and said, "Go ahead and try to swing this oh, thing." <laughs> I, I'm like, "How did guys do it? Poles. It was unbelievable." I'm like, "How did anybody? I mean, how do you?" have the bat speed to even get this thing now obviously mm-hmm. I'm just an idiot with a microphone and I have no chance of swinging a baseball bat but uh, it, it, it was incredible that that's the mm-hmm. that's the size and the weight of sticks those guys mm-hmm. used to use back in the day when I was in the uh, the fan cave back in 2012 we had a uh, it was a I think it was like five five and a half feet tall Louisville slugger uh, bat and then it had this big fan cave logo on it and you could pick it I mean it was obviously very heavy but you could pick it up and my go-to joke when everybody anybody came in was this is a Julio Franco game you <laughs> bat because uh, that's just what I think that's what I think yeah. of those old some of those older school guys was just twirling it all around this tree trunk and still twirling <laughs> it all over his head and for call I've not thought about him much but you're exactly right that's uh he's, he's exactly that same mold is Julio is he still playing somewhere didn't I see him taking swings recently uh, I, he I was wanna, coaching he's coaching. coaching okay yeah. maybe he was just hopping in the cage yeah. swing hasn't player. changed <laughs> wasn't wasn't he a, uh, I think he was a player coach too oh, wow. yeah yeah in Mexico wow. or something like that it's amazing that's incredible he's let's see he was built built oh. differently than the rest of us. <laughs> according to uh, according to the internet, uh, which would never <laughs> lie, yeah, he's uh, looks like he's maybe a coach in uh, maybe he's a coach for a farm team in in, in Korea. Okay, the lat- oh, the, oh that's I'm probably right. going to destroy the latte giants. Sure, forgive my. I'm sure I just completely that's botched right. that. Who were you and I just t- chatting about last night, Kevin? Who is uh, was it uh, Kawasaki from the Blue Jays? Who is one of our favorite, one of the best baseball interviews of all time. Muna Nori Kawasaki. Yes, yes. Remember him? He was uh, he bounced around from the Blue Jays and the Cubs. Yeah. He was around for a few years. Because we were joking, we were watching the game last night, and it looked like Freddie Freeman might have been cramping up mm-hmm. in his back and he was eating a banana and there's this great video if you find it just look up Kawasaki banana and uh, he did an interview (laughs) with um, the team reporter in Toronto and he said oh I'm I'm fine it was just cramping last night and he said well what do you do to fix that he goes eat bananas he goes because monkeys never cramp and he said well how many bananas do you eat every day he says well I eat three but monkeys eat two every day so (laughs) I'll get really be sure that I won't cramp because I'm going to eat more than a monkey hey why not Right, whatever, whatever, whatever it works. Whatever. Hey, it takes. that logic. Uh, there's been some crazy baseball logic over the years, right? It's, uh, the, between the superstition and what you yeah. do pregame, and po- it's unbelievable. Lance Johnson, who I played with in New York, used to he had, he swung a 35 inch bat, and um, but it was it was only like a it was like 35, 33. But Lance was a little guy, and he hit triples. And we used to ask him, he said, Lance, well, uh, he called himself One Dog. That was his nickname, and, <laughs> and so he said, One Dog, what what's going on with the heavy bat? Bat. And uh, why why you swing such a big bat? He goes, because I got heavy hands. <laughs> we all we were scratching our head like, okay, I've heard right. that one before. <laughs> okay. Well, Kev, thank you so much for taking the time as always. Um, it's Reverend. Sorry, Reverend McAlpin, thank you so much uh, for Show taking the time. some respect around here. My yeah. goodness. Well, I didn't. I knew you were busy on Sunday, so all I didn't bring you in on you that put day. In, all that time you put in that license, you need yeah. respect for it. I, I sat right next to him. I can vouch for the fact he's been at least six minutes. I don't even know if 
long is that long? <laughs> yeah, it might be a little generous. Yeah. Well, Kev, thank you so much as always. At Kevin McAlpin on Twitter and, and the gram, if I'm not mistaken, right. as well. Just pictures of my kids on Instagram. Yeah. Don't worry. Well, they're, they're, they're the cutest kids that, are, that, are, that can be. Max and me are as cute as they nice. can be. Well, thank you. So uh, go check him out on all the socials and, of course, for his work on Braves Radio Network and 680 The Fan. And thank you, Kev. Enjoyed it, boys. Thanks. Appreciate it, buddy. Our thanks again to Kevin McAlpin for joining us here on Behind the Braves. Uh, Greg, I know as we're sitting here recording this, Brave for a Day is going to be happening tomorrow, so that's going to be an exciting day here. Uh, always a fun event for you. And then coming up after that, we've got some really cool, unique events. Uh, the, the speaker series you've got coming up. This is first first time with this series, I believe, and it's, it's going to be... It's going to be pretty interesting. Who's the first speaker? Remind me Yeah, again. so Tom Glavin is going to be talking about uh, time management and energy and just uh, some of the things that he did as a – you know, a big league ball player to prepare himself uh, to pitch week in and week out, and how that translates in the business world. Of you know, you've got to have a routine. You got to have you know, you got to be efficient. And uh, some of the things that he learned uh, that he's applied to his his career after baseball. So looking forward to that. And then we follow that up with Dale Murphy talking about uh, winning teams how to build a winning team. And uh, Dale does a lot of speaking all over the country, uh, motivational speaking, speaking for companies. And uh, so he's got a lot of good things to say. And then we're going to follow that up with Generations in the Workplace with Terry Pendleton and Sid Bream in September. And they're specifically going to talk about how when they came to the Braves, there were a lot of young players and they were the veterans. And it's how they got the, the rookies on board, the young players on board, um, through veteran leadership. And I think that there's a, a really cool uh, translation there into the workforce because there's a lot of, you know, companies all have them. We have it here with the Braves. There's a lot of young people mixed with, you know, some uh, some older veteran-type people and how that how that happens. You know, how do you create a cohesive, you know, workforce um, with older and younger, younger people? So I think they got some really cool things to say about that. So, yeah, it's called uh, Atlanta Braves uh, Leadership Speaker Series. And so you can go to Braves.com slash speaker series and register. Uh, the first one's going to be on July 15th, which is coming up. And then we go July 29th, um, which uh, will be at the end of the month. And then and then September. And we may ha- be adding one more, which could be John Smoltz, potentially uh, make the announcement in August. So uh, look for that. But, uh, yeah, we're real excited about that. Cool. Well, Looking forward to that. Definitely check that out. Uh, having just got back, gotten back from the beach, um, I'm very much a fan of traveling down to Florida in uh, times like November or in the winter. <laughs> so I feel like uh, Braves Fantasy Camp uh, coming to coming this way, coming your way yeah. in Northport uh, in early November. Uh, if you haven't already checked that out or you've been thinking about checking out, go ahead and check it out, man. It's it's a it's a really great time. And uh, hey, it's it's so popular. This is your you, you've got one that's already filled up in January, the traditional time that you do it, so you've added a second one in yeah. November. Well, we've talked endlessly about how much fun we have at Fantasy Camp. You got to experience that um, last uh, last year, 
um, in 2020 with um, with uh, what we do in Northport. So now we're getting to add one in November. So it's November 2nd through the 7th, and that'll be at Northport as well. It'll be the same format. We will have slightly a few different alumni that are be coming down there, but the, all our alumni are great, and we've got some guys that uh, we're looking forward to kind of being involved with Fantasy Camp. I get questions all the time uh, with alumni. How can I get involved in Fantasy Camp? Well, we're opened up a second one now so we can in, incorporate a few more guys. So registration's going on right now. Love to have you. Uh, Braves.com slash Fantasy Camp. You can also always go to Braves.com slash alumni and see all of our events that we're doing. But uh, love to have you check out November Fantasy Camp. It's on the website right now. And um, like I said, registration's cranking. So if you have any questions, you can email me, Michael at Braves.com uh, if you have any questions about it. But there's a lot of information on the website first so check that out and then if it's not answered then then shoot me a note yeah so you've got greg's email address now and hey if anybody ever wants to ask me a question <laughs> about anything I, i'll spoil it for you ricky.mast at braves.com so we're, we we're, we're, we're we're not too hard to find over here so definitely check all that out greg does a great job with all these events uh i'm really looking forward to the speaker series i think that's gonna that's a cool new project you've got and uh i think that's gonna be a really really um not just entertaining, but informational and great time for everybody that comes out to those. And, and I can already vouch for the fact that Fantasy Camp's a great time, so definitely check that out as well. Uh, our thanks again to Kevin McAlpin for joining us here. Uh, for Greg McMichael, I'm Ricky Mast. We'll see you next week on Behind the Braves. Hey, Braves country. We just wanted to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe Behind the Braves on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or at braves.com slash behind the Braves, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, and we'll see you next time on Behind the Braves. Behind the Braves.